you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. Chris Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com, thechrisvossshow.com. Hey, we're coming here on the great podcast. We certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. Thanks for being here. And once again, make sure you refer the show to your friends, neighbors, relatives. Tell them to sign up and listen in and all that good stuff. Uh, get them to subscribe at iTunes, of course. You can go to youtube.com forward slash Chris Voss. Also, goodreads.com forward slash Chris Voss. See everything we're reading and reviewing over there. Our big LinkedIn newsletter. Of course, subscribe to that in the 122-member LinkedIn group on LinkedIn. Of all places, the LinkedIn group on LinkedIn. Who knew? It's not on TikTok. The LinkedIn group isn't on TikTok. I don't know. This makes no sense. Anyway, guys, we have an amazing gentleman on the show. He's going to be talking to us about what he does and how he does it. Sean Rowland, Dr. Sean Rowland, I should say, is a board member, family medicine physician who's on the show with us today. He's also the founder of Jace Medical. He has a passion for educating and empowering his patients that led to the development of Jace, a company that he founded in 2021 to help people be better prepared medically, which is certainly something everyone needs to do because when emergencies happen or when you don't have something you you need, that's a problem, especially in today's world where we're running out of everything, I guess, including common sense. So welcome to the show, Sean. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. We certainly appreciate it. And can you give us your .com so people can find you on the interwebs, please? Absolutely. So uh, it's Jace Medical, J-A-S-E Medical.com. What do you do, Sean, at Jace Medical? Jace Medical, we are an online telemedicine service that brings patients, physicians, and pharmacies together with the purpose of providing patients a cachet, a supply of, of life-saving medications such as antibiotics. And, and what, was the, what was the reason you decided to create this company? What was, what was the motivator or what was the, the thing that was going on in the market that made you decide this is, this is really important right now at this time? Yeah, so you know, this is something I'm truly, really passionate about, about this topic. So any chance I get to, to talk about it, I'm so happy to to further, you know, educate people about some things that I think most of the of the general public just isn't aware of. So as far as the genesis for Jace Medical, this was 2018, 2019. I was working at a mid-sized community hospital down on the southern border, working in the inpatient service at this hospital. And every week or every day, actually, we'd have a meeting, a little brief, wherever the team would get together and the pharmacist would come in, the hospital pharmacist would come in and explain, you know, what if we were short on any supplies or medications. Now, remember, this is pre-pandemic. I'm working in the United States, the, one of the top healthcare systems in the world. And routinely, he would come in and tell us about shortages. These were antibiotics and other medications that we use daily were vital. Wow. And, and a lot of times it was, well, we have it, but we don't have a limited supply, or sometimes we just didn't have it. So that was just, that was the first kind of what's What's going on? This is this was in the day when we had everything we needed, right? The shortages we're dealing with now were were just not even something that were on any was on anyone's radar. Wow. 
Yeah. So, so that was, I, I, that caused me to start doing some digging and I started to, started to do some, some research. And what I found was really surprising. And I, when I started the, you know, answering this question, I said, most people aren't aware of, of this. This is, I guess this is the, the secret. The secret is that 90 plus percent of every medication that's prescribed in the United States on a daily basis is not produced in the United States. They are, wow. they're all produced overseas, usually China and India. Those are the top two producers and then some other countries scattered in there. When it comes to antibiotics in particular, our generic antibiotics, which is, which is what everyone uses every day, all of them come from outside the United States. Yeah. So that was just kind of the initial, wow, there's, this is, that's concerning. Now, fast forward, middle of the pandemic, I'm, my family and I, we moved back to Utah where I, where I practice medicine currently. And we're getting things set up, you know, we're, it's the middle of the pandemic. I'm trying to start a new practice. And for the first time I had access to the cost of medications, which, you know, physicians are so far from removed in the, in the insurance world, we're so far removed from the cost of a lot of the, the treatments that we prescribe. And so for the first time I could see what the true cost of these medications were for me and, and for my patients. And that was another surprise. I thought, I found, wow, these generic medications are really affordable. They're actually really cheap. So putting the two together, I thought, well, I need to have supplies for my, for my practice, for my, you know, for my own practice. And then I thought, well, what about my neighbors? What about my family members? What about my, the, the community members around me that should also have access to these medications that number one, they're, they're ripe for disruption in our supply chain. Number two, they're, they're, they're relatively inexpensive. And so how can I do this? So that led me on another journey. And for about a year, when we re, we, we founded Jace Medical and then needed to figure out, okay, what is the right way to do this? How can we do it safely, responsibly, comply with all the regulations out there? You know, the, the medical industry is not for the faint of heart when it comes to starting a mm -hmm. company. And we were able to find a, a path forward. And what we came up with was what we're offering today, which is basically a pack of, of five different antibiotics that mm -hmm. can treat a range of bacterial illnesses. And you get those so that you have them on hand before you need them. And there's a, a lot of maybe use cases and things we can talk about later on, but that, that is the genesis of, of why Jace and, and how Jace came to be. There you go. Yeah, we had Catherine Eben, who is, uh, wrote the book, Bottle of Lies, The Inside Story of the Generic Drug Boom. And she uh, talked about, you know, she talked about where some of, some of these, where these generic things are made, a lot of stuff in India, some different variations of the, of the quality of it. And it was, it was quite eye opening. You know, I, so basically you, you make a, an emergency antibiotic kit that you guys provide or, or sell on your website. Is that correct? Exactly. And so we do it through a telemedicine process. You know, there were some good things that came out of, out of COVID. Um, one of those is, is telemedicine was uh, kind of went on a fast forward course of adoption where, where people, uh, restrictions were, were eased state to state and people were more used to, to getting their healthcare in. And I think it, for me as a as a family medicine physician primary care physician the the power behind telemedicine i think can't be overstated it's not it doesn't mean it's the panacea for for all things medical but there for the right use cases it allows people access to care that otherwise have a difficult time getting that access and so through that telemedicine process it's a specific process the only reason you come to to jace medical today is to is to get this pack of antibiotics and so the the questions that the doctors are going to ask that whole encounter is very purposeful and driven to that final outcome. So it's an easy encounter. You go on the website, takes maybe five minutes, 10 at the most to answer the questionnaire. That goes to a physician who reviews it. If they have any additional questions, they'll reach out to you and 
at the end of that encounter, they end up sending these prescriptions to one of our partner pharmacies where we've prearranged special pricing. They package all the medications and ship them to your door. And so the whole process really from beginning to end is about a 10 minute process. You know, it takes a few days for the meds to get to you, but can be done from the convenience of your own home. And what are some of the medications that are in this emergency antibiotic kit? And and I think there's some reasons you guys sign on your website as to what some of these things are important for, like travel and and just just accidents around the house. Exactly. So great question. The 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 trick in in uh, as we're kind of developing, okay, which medications should we supply? You know, ideally you'd want to give everyone something for every eventuality, but you know, there's cost and safety involved in this decision. So what we came up with was five antibiotics, and these five antibiotics cover a range of of number one, the most common things that that are just commonly out there, where whether that's UTIs, pneumonia, skin infections sinus infections, that sort of thing. But then also we wanted to, you know, as thinking preparedness wise, we wanted to cover some of the most serious and deadly things that are out there. So think about bioterror, things like anthrax attacks, mm. the Remian plague. Those are the top three that the government's identified. So we wanted to cover for those as well. So those five antibiotics include basically the common and the most deadly and in an amount that you can, that you could treat more than just one course of illness. The the way we put it together was basically we intended it to be for for one adult to cover anything that might ha- happen within a, in a year's period of time. And that's part of gets into some of the other part of of, of this and, and doing it responsibly, not just, you know, throwing as many pills as we can your way, trying to do it in a way that's responsible for the community. So there is a limit. But those as far as what they cover, there's a whole range. It comes with a little book. The book is written to, to be accessible to the layperson where you can. You know, there's the look at some of the symptoms you might be having, and it'll help guide you into what would be the best medication to take in that instance. Now, we always encourage people to reach out. You know, they can reach out to their private doctor, their private, you know, their, their family doc. I've got this going on, and the doctor could tell them, "Here's the medication you sh- you can take," and they say, "Oh, nice! I've already got it in my in in my my medica- my medicine kit here." Or they can reach out to us as well, and uh, as part of the service, we offer them that access to, to our physicians as well. Do I have this correct? A lot of them are penicillin based. So it's penicillin. If people are familiar with that for, for fixing stuff, right? One of them, one of them is yes. Okay. The amoxicillin. Yeah. Amoxicillin clavulanate, which is also known by the brand name Augmentin. That is a penicillin based medication. And actually that reminds me because we get a lot of questions from people who say, well, what if I have allergies and penicillin happens to be one of the more common antibiotic allergies. And that's part of the telemedicine process that, you know, those questions are addressed. And then we have substitutions. If that's the case, we'll substitute that with a different medication. But certainly, yes, Augmentin is in the kit. That's a great choice for things like sinusitis, for example. That would be a a first-line choice there. Yeah. You know, I can attest to why it's important to have this stuff on hand. Number one, telemedicine is is probably around because of, I, I did an article with Forbes in 2012, 2013, calling for telemedicine and just complaining about, you know, having to wait in waiting rooms for multiple right. hours and then almost losing my toe and having to go in for a bone scrape. And I'd gone in Southern California to a doctor that, you know, it, it was questionable what they really were up to because they really were, had a hard on to have me referred to the doctor, to the hospital. They're clearly getting a referral fee. And they wouldn't prescribe penicillin to me because they're like, well, everyone, you know, it's a, it's an issue. And I've always been one of those people that when I get sick and usually it's some sort of sinus infection or, 
or uh, I used to get them really bad in Utah with uh, allergies and stuff. But it's always been something where if I get a little bit of, I mean, just just the first few pills, a hit of an amoxicillin or penicillin will clear up whatever I'm, whatever I've got going on. It's like a miracle drug for me. And these guys would not give it to me. I'd burnt my toe, my toes, and they'd gotten infected. And there's mm-hmm. been two other times where I've gotten walking pneumonia, usually from a flight. And I'm a single guy. I, I, you know, I, I'm a guy who just toughs it out. And I just go, ah, oh, it's a flush one. We'll be fine. And then it ends up being a viral infection or whatever. And, and then I've had to do telemedicine. But I called for telemedicine in 2012, 2013. The article's still up if anyone wants to read it. And I actually thought about doing a telemedicine company at the time, but I knew the regulations were going to be nightmarish. But being able to have the medications where you're not having to call the doctor, he schedules you in a week from now. And, you know, being able to jump on an infection is super important. And I learned that the hard way yeah. with the two walking pneumonia things where, you know, it, it starts, what is it? It starts out as a normal infection and then it goes viral. And then once it goes viral, then you need the, the top guns. It starts costing a lot of money, I guess. <laughs> no, that's uh, uh, number one, unfortunate. I'm sorry you had to go through that, Chris. I, the But you bring up a couple of great points. Number one, uh, the two that I can think of off the top of my head. Number one is this idea of, of antibiotic stewardship. So that seems to be the pendulum currently is swung in the medical community that fully the other way where the idea of stewardship means we withhold medications. And, but there's another part to stewardship. And, the, and that is that being a good steward means that when it's appropriate, you do absolutely provide these medications. The fear, of course, of, antibi- of antibiotic resistance be, is a real thing. But I think nowadays with, with as long as we've all kind of been dealing with the education, we've, we've learned that not all, not all illnesses are caused by bacteria. Most are caused by viruses and that, and that antibiotics don't help for, for a virus. They don't help mm-hmm. when you've got uh, just the typical viral cold, right? I mean, I think, I think the general public gets that. And, and part of our, our effort is increasing that education to let people know that yes, number one, not all medic, not all illnesses are appropriate to be treated with antibiotics. But number two, as you mentioned, when it is a bacterial infection, time is of the essence. Mm. Uh, the sooner you get on these medications, the more effective and they're going to be and the better outcome you're going to have. So if we can get to a point where every household in America is is used to using these things appropriately, has them on hand like they have their Tylenol or their ibuprofen, and and at that first sign of a, of a, of a real problem, they've got the medications that they need so that they don't end up getting, you know, bone infections or, or septicemia, whether their whole system's infected at that point, and they end up in the hospital on IV antibiotics. Those situations can be avoided. Yeah, I mean, uh, highly. I mean, I, I highly recommend having something like this on hand. But in my case, the uh, the first time I went in, they're like, "Well, we'll just give you the cheap stuff, and not not the penicillin, but we'll just give you the cheap stuff, and you go back in a week." And by then, I was already really infected, and you know, then a week goes by. Then I scheduled an appointment with them, and then by then, it's really getting out of control. And then they're telling me I need to go for a bone scrape, and uh, so I end up sending them a a really nice letter because I've done legal work. <laughs> and, and I said, hey, you either give me the, what, what, oh, what it was is they, they, I went in a second time. They finally gave me what I needed. They were trying to force me to still go get the bone scrape. They gave me what I needed and it worked really well, but then they only gave me like four days or five days. And it, it I started losing track and they wouldn't give me a second dose. And I was like, it was insane. It was just completely insane. And they're like, you need to go get a bone scrape. And so I sent them a legal letter and they sent me another refill 
because of the legal letter. And then it cleared up and it was done. There was no bone scrape needed. I, it was fine. It's, it's the greatest foot ever. But yeah, the other thing we should talk about, I mean, we're running out of tampons now. That's the new thing that we're running out of. We just recently ran out of baby formula. It sounds like there's, you know, a lot of shortages. This is the last thing I'd want to run out of is penicillin. Right. Absolutely. I, the, you know, the premise of Jace was really built on that kind of supply chain vulnerability. And that can't be overstated. I think you mentioned baby formula, the tampons, you know, baby formula, a hundred percent of our country's supply of baby formula comes domestically. It's all produced here in the U S mm -hmm. and, you know, we shut down one factory in Michigan and, and the consequences are, are disastrous and lead to these, mm -hmm. to le legitimately, you know, uh, lives being in danger for, for, for children's babies. You know, when I think, okay, that's domestic, a, a domestic supply chain issue, how much more at risk. It's not a leap of the imagination to see that now drawing that out to an, in, to a hundred percent dependence on a small inter, you know, when I say small, I mean a, a relatively small group of producers internationally of these medications. I mean, there's, it, it just opens up the door for other possibilities, whether it's a geopolitical wars, you know, disasters in that part of the world. There's just so much that, that, that is potential to, to disrupt out there. Now that's the supply chain issue. There's also a, a part here that, that, that I think also should be mentioned, and that is, and you mentioned it in your experience, and it reminded me actually of, of a spirit, an experience I had just the other day with a patient, and, and that is just basically timely access to the right kind of care, even, even if there's not a supply chain issue. Well, you still need that medication on time and the right medication. You know, I had a, I had a patient, this just happened a couple of two weekends ago, who had had a procedure done on her tooth, had had a, was getting some implants done. And the dentist had done his initial work. A week went by and she was feeling like, you know, she was still feeling quite a bit of pain and things seemed to be getting worse. So she reached out to him and, and I guess he was leaving for vacation, was, was, um, trying to get out of the office, declined to see her again and said, and basically sent in a prescription. But in this case for, uh, you mentioned penicillin says this was for amoxicillin, um, which by the way, was not the right drug to prescribe. Um, oh, yeah. said, here, take these pills and, and uh, I'll see you at our, at our first follow up, which was weeks and weeks away. Mm -hmm. So now a few more days go by. Now we're getting into the next weekend. She calls me and says, I'm really sick. I need you to come take a look at me. What's going on? I didn't know her story about the tooth at this time. She, mm -hmm. she was having some respiratory issues. So I went and checked on her. She was indeed really sick, found out what the story was with this tooth, changed her antibiotic. And she actually had, she's one that had a Jace case. And I was able to tell her, you've got, you've got that Augmentin. You should be taking the Augmentin. Start that right now. And you need to get in to see whether it's an oral surgeon or a dentist, you need to get in to see one of them as soon as you can. So she was able to get an appointment set up over the weekend. Let's see, it was on a Monday, Monday morning. She went in, had already been on the antibiotic for a couple of days at that point. And sure enough, she was, had a horrible infection, which le left untreated those, those tooth infections quickly make their way into some really sensitive areas because those nerves are all right there in your face and get attached to your brain and things go bad really quick. The the oral surgeon who treated her uh, commended her on on being on that antibiotic that she was already on from the Jace case and told her to continue taking it. Um, but that's just an everyday scenario of just, you know, a, a timing, whether it being the weekend with a provider who was not accessible and something that any one of us could, could find ourselves in at any given time. So just, again, a prudent thing to have access to, to, to these kinds of medications, not just for the end of the world supply chain or, or, or bioterror things, but for those everyday events as well. Yeah. And not to knock on doctors, but, you know, they're busy when you want to schedule with a doctor. 
I mean, sometimes you got to put it off a week or, or sometimes more. It depends on, I think, what you're going in for. But, you know, that was that was my problem. I think when I scheduled with a doctor for the toe, and in the past, I, I've used telemedicine twice now, and I can attest that I, I love the crap out of it. In fact, the two times I used it, I was uh, pretty much walking pneumonia. And all I needed was that Z-Pack. And yeah. as soon as I took started taking that Z-Pack, I was... I was, I, well, with the, I, I'd been pretty bad. So it took about 24 hours to kick in, but I could tell I was on yep. track again. Same thing with my foot. I think it was, they upgraded me. I think it was C pro the C pro that they Cipro, put me on uh-huh. Cipro for Cipro the foot. problem. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'd gotten really bad. So amoxicillin wasn't quite cutting it, but it was, I just pulled the article up here. It was, it was done in 2012 with my mm-hmm. friend, John Nost of Forbes magazine. And he interviewed me for an article after my foot had gone through this thing and, and almost got to a blood scrape. But yeah. The, the one time I got, not to make this about me, but I'm just trying to show some examples. The one, <laughs> I'm a good example. The one time I got walking pneumonia. I got, I got in the flu or whatever, you know, on a plane coming back from CES, I think it was, or a CDS show. And, you know, I just like, ah, you know, hack through it. You know, I'm a man. And it goes from that one stage to the, you know, the viral stage. And, and then you've got to have really powerful Z-Pack and you got to really throw some hard stuff at it. But you don't want it to get to that point. Because like you say, the right. infection, there are people that die and the infection goes in their brain. It can go into your heart. It can, you know, you, you're... You, you can end up really, you can kill yourself if you're not careful. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, you, you yeah, it's typically those, if you are going to get a pneumonia, a lot of times it starts out as you do just, you have a cold, you have a virus that, that mm-hmm. like any other cold, you're coughing, it set and something sets in and you get that, that post viral pneumonia, which does need to be treated with, with antibiotics. You know, I, part of the other, I guess as much as we'd love everyone to come, to come and, and, and get their kit from us. At the end of the day, what we're really after is just raising this awareness and and wanting people to be prepared. You mentioned how 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 long it can be sometimes to get that appointment. Hey, if you've got a great relationship with your primary doc and you can call them up, maybe you're okay waiting the two, three, four, five weeks for that for that appointment, and <laughs> and get to them and say, hey, doc, I'd like five antibiotics. I'm not sick right now, but I, I I'd like these five. Do you think you could prescribe those for me? And if and maybe you've got a great relationship, and he says sure, and he writes he writes those scripts. You take those scripts to the pharmacy and and you pay retail rates. Something I didn't mention was that this is not covered by insurance. So you're going to be mm-hmm. paying out of pocket for all of this, right? So you're going to pay out of mm-hmm. pocket for that that doctor visit. You're going to be paying out of pocket for the meds. So you're going to take those prescriptions to the pharmacy and and, and get them filled and pay whatever whatever the rates are at the pharmacy. 100% would be happy if, if that was the best situation for you to do. I'm just going to say do it because at the end of the day, that's what I care about is that you've got access to those medications. Now the flip side is we did spend quite a bit of time and effort putting together this telemedicine encounter in a way that allows people to come on the site at their own time. It takes five, 10 minutes to fill it out. You pay the, you pay the fee for the meds and all that, all the rest of it happens basically behind the scenes. Next, you wait a few days and you have those medications at your door at, a, at what really is an affordable rate. We did some cost test comparisons. And when you look at retail rates, which are all across the board, as, as you may know, if you've looked at any, you know, when you go to a Walmart or a Costco or wherever, they've all, they've all got really different pricing for their meds. But anyway, but the range that we've seen, if you were to do this on your own, is anywhere from 400 to $700 all, all in when you include the doctor visit and everything else. So our entire process and visit, you know, the medications, everything, $259 gets you the kit and, and you're set. 
you can put it, you can put it next to your medications. You can put it with your food storage, wherever you'd like. And, and you're set for, for, for quite a while, which brings me maybe to another question, which is how long do these medications last? That seems to be probably the f- most common we get. Granted, you're spending some money here and, and we hope you never have to use them and you hope you never have to use them, but you also don't want to have to keep doing it over and over again because the medications expire. So this is another really interesting thing that we come to find out as, as we're doing all this, getting Jace up and running and learning more about these medications. So the the federal government maintains a quite a large stockpile of, of a lot of these antibiotics, some of them specifically for those bioterror events so that, that we've got some, some access to some kind of treatment. So they maintain these large st- strategic stockpiles. They're, they're scattered around the country and they were having to, to turn them over every, every couple of years because that's supposedly when the medications expired at obviously great expense. So they commissioned a study and this is all published. All these studies are published and, and accessible. You can read all about them. They're, they're rather fascinating. But what they mm-hmm. found out was that when these medications are stored appropriately, and that, that just means they're kept dry in, in a cool environment, the average uh, across the board, you know, when you average them all out was a, a minimum of five years. It, basically they retained greater than 90% of their potency for a minimum of five years with the, with a lot of the ones that we chose in our pack actually being showing that they retain that potency for as long as 15 plus years. Mm-hmm. So that expiration date is something that obviously the manufacturer has to put something on there. They're not incentivized to make it a long date. States have laws for the pharmacists that say that, that their your prescription can only be good for a year. So they have to put that year date on there. But it turns out that the actual longevity of these medications when stored properly is is far beyond that. So that should also provide some peace of mind for people who who are thinking if I want to do this, how long are they really good for? Again, that's, it's going to be depend on keeping them, you know, in that, in that dry environment, humidity will kill them quickly. Heat will kill them quickly, but you can get them to last for quite a while. There's yeah, one don't leave them out in the sun. Yeah. Don't leave, out the sun, don't leave the meds out in the sun. <laughs> don't let them get wet. The other part to that though is, is back in the day, medications, tetracycline is one of them, which was a common antibiotic. It's still used, not as much as it used to be, but that medication and some other uh, antibiotics over time, they degrade into toxic substances and, and they would actually kill you. And wow. so that's the fear of if I take an expired medication, is this going to not be, you know, is it no longer amoxicillin? Is it something else? And we specifically chose these five, again, wanting to cover the most that we could cover as far as the range of illness, some of the most serious illnesses, but also find medications that were relatively safe when it comes to antibiotics. These, none of these five medications over time will degrade into any toxic substance. At worst, you, you would maybe lose some potency after many, many years. So another thing to keep in mind. Yeah. I mean, I've had to take some of these things over the, the mostly, you know, stuff that will, will help you. You mentioned the pricing two fifty nine ninety five includes all one, two, three, four, five, six of these medications. And then on your website, you've got a pricing comparison where to buy all these from Target, Walmart, or Walgreens may cost you two to three times as much. Usually three mm-hmm. times as much, which makes sense. I mean, you know, you're buying all this stuff at full retail from from these guys who this is how they make their money, right? And and, and to me, it just makes sense because you this the speed of, of when you can get on something to keep it from becoming something far worse, like I did with my foot. You know, if I would have had the medications right away when I first got my burn to maybe get ahead of any sort of infection. The same thing with the two times I got walking pneumonia. If I would have jumped on the original sickness and got that knocked yep. out, it, it never would have gotten to that point where, where yep. you know, I, I think there's one, I think the second one, I should have been in the hospital. But I, you know, once I got the Z-Pack, 
I, I came out of it and that was all the thing. Now you market this also, I should mention in us and Canada. Is that correct? Oh yes. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. We opened up a couple of months ago in Canada. We're in every province. I built every in Canada. If I'm not mistaken, we had one that took a little longer than the others, but we're all across Canada, all 50 states in the United States. And we're looking at a couple of other countries right now. That was a, it was a surprise, actually. I'll be honest. We, you know, the focus obviously was on the U.S. And as we rolled the service out, we started getting a lot of inquiries from other countries. And it was just something, you know, I didn't have familiarity. I had familiarity with some medical systems outside the U.S. Worked down in Mexico and, but didn't really, and in Mexico, it's a different story, right? Antibiotics are, so it's easier to come, they're easier to come by, but certainly in other countries, really. Gosh, Australia, the UK, the EU, Japan, just to name a few of the other countries that have reached out to us with people, number one, seeing the same issue with the supply chain because their drugs, you know, in a lot of cases also come from, from China and India and also that, that issue with access. So it's not just a U.S. thing. It's a worldwide thing. You know, another part of this is, and I would encourage, you know, encourage your listeners is hopefully they come to the site, they go through that process, but a lot of people are also taking other medications. And when it comes to your blood pressure medication, your thyroid medication, your diabetes medication, those also are produced outside the United States and have the same potential risk for disruption. And so we always, we get that. That's a super common question. Hey, what about, can I get a supply of, turns out those drugs are also relatively inexpensive. When you're paying your copay, your copay is paying the cost of the drug. Your insurance company is not paying anything for that drug. You're paying for it. So you could actually have a year supply of those medications in certain circumstances, depending on your health and the stability of your condition, but you could easily afford a year supply of, of those medications. So we get that same question. And to probably to save my, my customer service girls some grief from, from your, your listeners writing in, I'll answer the question here. We are, we are poised and really close to being able to offer a lot of those chronic condition medications as well in oh. that same same model. Yeah. As a, as a long-term supply where you can get a, you know, a six month up to a year supply of, of a lot of those common chronic condition medications. And so that's, we're really excited about that really. And we're, we've got some other things coming down the pipeline, but all, all in that same vein of, of how to empower people to, to be better prepared medically, how to make sure that, that, that they have the resources, both from an education standpoint, but from the actual medication as well, to, to not be wholly dependent on on a system that we've seen in the past can quickly be overwhelmed. You know, it doesn't take much during a catastrophe to just overwhelm your local health system and, and that access that you need, which when it's medical access, it needs to be timely can quickly be taxed. So that's one of the things that we're trying to just bring some awareness to. You know, I grew up with a family from Utah that always invested in food storage and all our lives, we'd have food storage. And you talk about in your site how, you know, emergency preparedness for medicine probably is a more, almost more important than food storage. You know, whether it's a disaster that takes place, and we seem to have a lot of those lately, if you haven't noticed, there's a war going on that, that could spill over. That war is already creating supply chain issues. You know, there's so many different things going on. There's inflation that we're probably going to be dealing with for the next year or two. You know, you just, you just can't see the future. And the five, I'm looking over your website here, the five emergency medicines that you have here, one's good, some examples, one's good for traveler's diarrhea, bladder, kidney infections, pneumonia, bioterror, wound infections. You know, this is all the, this is all the stuff you really need. And like you say, if there's a natural disaster, it seems to happen everywhere nowadays. We, you know, we saw the recent flooding in Yellowstone, just, just, it seems like the weather has gone really crazy on us. Traveling in a foreign country, I've had lots of friends travel and get sick. And when you're traveling, you can't, 
you know, it's a, hey, can you see yeah. a doctor in France in two weeks? No, I'm not going to be here in two weeks. Like, you know, you're traveling. I'm sick. I need help now. And for me, like I say, penicillin has always been such a quick shot in the, in the arm. I mean, I've had really bad nasal infections, sinus infections from, from allergies and stuff. And just for some reason, I just, penicillin is like a miracle drug for me. It just bounced back right away from it. And uh, let's see, is there anything more we haven't touched on about your guys' service and what you guys do? No, I think we've really hit on uh, certainly all the all the highlights that we try to get mm-hmm. the word out about, you know, uh, being aware, number just where all these things are coming from, where those those potential issues could be. This is not an, it, it, it's something that we just don't hear a lot about. You talk to someone in the medical community, though, and they'll tell you, I mean, just the other week, we there was a, a national and, and it's still going on a national shortage of contrast to do CT. When you get a CT scan, it, a lot of times they use contrast. Um, that that substance is 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 in short supply. A hundred percent of hospitals in the United States have reported drug shortages in the last couple of years. It, it, it's across the board. So I, I and and you may be saying, well, I haven't that that hasn't affected me. I and, and my little reminder there is it may not have, but j- this is all just to tell you that we're. It's, it's a razor's edge that we're riding and people, you know, we're saying what's next. You, you brought it up earlier. What's next? Is it tampons? Is it baby formula? You know, toilet what, paper. What, what <laughs> right. So this it's is one of those things where bread, right. It's, I mean, it's everything. It's, it's computer chips. It's whatever, you know, good luck ordering a new appliance. You know, you might be lucky to yeah. get it in six months. So okay. we're all kind of aware of that now. And this is just one of those things that, Hey, I hope it never happens. I hope we never have a supply chain issue. And that would be great if we didn't. But for a, a, a short, you know, relatively short portion of your day, five to 10 minutes, and, and for a, a relatively inexpensive investment, you can at least get some peace of mind that you're covered in this one area of the dozens that are out there. This is the, the one little thing that, that, that we're trying to do to make a difference. I can highly recommend it based on the stories that I illustrate. <laughs> Man, I could have saved myself so much pain. And, and then, of course, downtime. Uh, for me, you know, I'm an yeah. entrepreneur, so a time is money. And and uh, being down for two or three weeks, I mean, you know, I've got smart friends that are smart entrepreneurs, and they always have like a Z-Pack or something on hand, and they just jam that when they start feeling, you know, they get a little cough or something, and then and then and they're fine. And, and they, they don't lose all the time that you can lose. And in this in this world, you can't afford to be down. I mean, it's just crazy. And there's so many flus going around. We saw that with the, you know, now monkeypox is a thing, and right, and of course COVID and everything else. But anyway, anything more you want to touch on before we go out and give us your dot com so we can look that up and get in touch with you? Yeah, no, I really appreciate the time. Always love talking about about Jason. Just just educating people. It, it's J A S E Medical dot com. What I would encourage people to do is we don't have our chronic meds. They're they're coming here really shortly. Get on the site, order your antibiotics, and you'll be on our list and you'll be the first to hear when we do get those chronic meds going as well. There you go. That'll be good. I know my mom's on my meds and and I'd hate to see her meds disrupted. I think my sister in a care center is on a lot of meds too as well. And yeah, it's just crazy what's going on in the world with supply chains. We've had a, a couple authors on that have done books on supply chains and and uh, I don't think they realized how crazy it was going to get when they wrote their books, but it definitely showed the, the, the cracks in the system. Yeah. That just in time kind of mentality, I guess it worked during, for, for, for a while, but 
I think this is here to stay. And, and I think it's going to be a while if we ever return to what we were used to before. In the meantime, there, there are some steps that can be taken to at least at least uh, maybe not on a societal level, you know, for, you know, if we had production back in the U.S., that would be great. We opened up a few of our own factories for some of these medications, and hopefully that is eventually what will happen. But in the meantime, it's something that you can do on a personal level. Definitely, definitely. Oh, yeah, we ran out of, like, medical masks. I remember thinking when that came out, I was like, how do we run out of medical? Why, like, what the heck? So, yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, guys, I highly recommend the service. Check it out. It's definitely important. And like I say, I, it saves me having stuff on hand because you just really need to jump on stuff. Because, man, when it gets bad where you start, you got to start going to the hospital and running up bills or you've got an infection that can kill you, you that's that's the last time you want to be chasing. You don't want to be chasing it, basically. So guys, be sure to check it out. Go to jacemedical.com and uh, check out what he's got going on over there. Great website. Thanks for being on the show. We certainly appreciate it, Sean. Thanks, thanks you for coming on. Appreciate and it. Thanks, Monty, so for tuning in. Thank you. And thanks, Monty, for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com forward slash Chris Voss. Go to youtube.com forward slash Chris Voss. Hit the bell notification. Or go to some Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and follow the show over there. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other, stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time.